We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas, and with me today, none of my usual co-hosts, everyone has a night off. We have a busy week. There's three games. We do five-day week content. Thank you, everybody who's watching on twitch.tv slash Miami Heat Beat. Thank you to our podcast listeners who make all this happen. Thank you to our patrons who keep us up and running. And also thank you to our Twitch subs who are the funniest and kindest people on earth. We love every single one of you. You guys keep this shit running with me today. Friend of the program, homie, uh, been on woof, for years and years. Uh, NBA Twitter legend, Justin Rowan. People say that. People, uh, people definitely call me that. Uh, thanks for having me, man. I, I, I'm stoked to be back. I, I'm. It's weird for it to come after a Cavs win over the Miami Heat. Uh, obvious context aside, uh, but it, it does feel great to be back, man. It's funny because the the first game that they played, you were DMing me. It was like we haven't won in Miami since the Shaq era of Cleveland yeah. Cavs basketball. Rough rough like that that is an unbelievable stretch uh it shows that the miami heat organization was in lebron's head even back those days back in those days <laughs> when he was back with cleveland and whatnot but you know what it, it was still a good win and uh the, the second game I, I thought was an interesting one too because obviously miami probably the best coach team in the league in my opinion uh they came out Obviously, having watched the the tape from the first time they played, they came out with intensity, uh, ball denial defense, and and really made the Cavs earn it. Uh, I, I think ultimately it was Miami missing the the firepower that they're missing. But uh, it, I thought it was a, a really interesting game and a good test for a young Cavs team. There's a lot to get into from that game because I, I mean I, we were talking a little bit uh, pre-show how how interesting it was. One person in chat, okay, a couple things in chat. First, he burners asking how many games before Duncan breaks Steph's record. Um, in time, in time, uh, <laughs> uh, somebody else asks, uh, it's Mac pro. When is the Duffy's watch party? So if you don't know, we are doing a watch party at Duffy's in North Miami beach. It's going to be at 8 PM. They're going to play the Spurs. I think the game's at eight 30. We're going to be out there at eight, December 29th. to Wednesday, get out there. Brass jazz. 
producer is going to be in town. He's flying in for it. Alf is going to be there. You know, Alf throws a great party. I'm going to be there. We are doing a live hangover time post-game show right after the game, right on site. So you can be there. You can yell at us. You can make fun of us. You can probably have you on the show. We'll have a great time if you know us. And we've, you know, this is our first watch party back from, from, uh, I guess, a post-pandemic. I mean, I guess we're still in the pandemic. I mean, we're going to talk about that today. <laughs> so, I mean, just come, have fun before, you know, we can't do this shit anymore. So, <laughs> shout out to Duffy's in, in North Miami. We're going to have a great time. So, so please come out to that. And while I have you here, right before we get into the show, if you don't have your mechanic or you don't have your lab Miami Heat Beat shirt, what are you waiting for? Look at these great designs. What What's going on? Go Those buy awesome, them. Man. You want a holiday gift for somebody? You see how the mechanic has taken off the Heat Twitter and Instagram page only calls him the mechanic. Dwayne Dedman literally dressed as a mechanic for Halloween because he's so <laughs> in on the bit. If you're not buying that shirt for Christmas and the holidays, I don't know what you're doing. So get it now. It's it's fun and it supports us. Um, Justin, so that game, I felt like Heat fans were like split into two camps. They were like, okay, well, you know, why are they losing again? Like their offense, like totally shuts down in the second quarter. Lowry doesn't score any points right in, in the whole second quarter. This sucks. And I'm like, Cleveland's a good fucking basketball team. You know, you're missing Jimmy and Bam and you go on the road. And what I felt was a pretty valiant competitive effort. And outside of that second quarter, Miami outscored Cleveland by two. And if not for Jared Allen going absolutely crazy and just Man, putting poor mechanic in the torture chamber. Let's be honest. I mean, poor <laughs> poor Deadman had no chance. They, they tried. I mean, Spoke tried everything, and and just Allen's so good. Like Justin, I don't feel like he fans should be any kind of upset at that. I think they should be like, damn, that's a game that you lose in the NBA when your stars are hurt. Yeah, a- absolutely. Like I, I think we all understand that Miami's a totally different team if they have Bam and Jimmy. Like it just is what it is, right? Like they're they're one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. Um, with health and safety protocols and injuries and all that sort of thing. Like it may impact where they are in the standings, but you guys know as well as anybody, like the Miami just needs to get into the playoffs and they can make an NBA finals as a five seed. So uh, I, I don't think it's necessarily anything to be ashamed of. I mean, Cleveland is a weird team to play. Um, they had the second best, uh, defense in the NBA this season. Uh, and that's skewed because they had a couple games where they were missing both Jared Allen and Evan Mobley uh, against the Brooklyn Nets, uh, the Golden State Warriors, Brooklyn Nets again. And that's a tough stretch to lose those and, guys. <laughs> and the Phoenix Suns, who they almost beat without Evan Mobley. Uh, and it just kind of came down to a couple calls at, at the end of the game. But, uh, you know, the, this Cavs team has been remarkably competitive all year. Uh, no matter who's in and out of the lineup, no matter who's playing well. Uh, I think Golden State, Utah, and Cleveland are the only teams to have not lost a game by more than 15 points this season. Like, they just, because of what they can do, because of their versatility on the defensive end of the floor, it allows them to be in so many of these games. So it's not necessarily a surprise that a shorthanded Miami team, and especially losing two drivers of their offense, uh, would would struggle at times uh, to score against the Cavs defense. So I love that you mentioned the Warriors, Utah, and Phoenix because I'm looking at dunks and threes, which is probably one of the best uh, advanced analytics sites out there. There was a piece kind of ranking advanced stats, and, and EPM was, I think, near the top by, by GM, pulled by GMs. And they have a, a, a stat called adjusted net rating. It's kind of like an adjusted net rating for for like the, the level of competition that you've played. Golden State's one. Utah is two. Phoenix is three. Cleveland is four. Miami is five. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, to your point about those three teams at the top that haven't lost a game by over 15, um, you know, I mean, th- those are the arguably the three best teams in the league. I mean, if, so far in the regular season. 
Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Like it's the Cavs schedule has been nuts to to start the year. Like it, it, it really has been. Uh, the I think they only played three teams that were below five hundred at the time that they played the game. Like it's it's just been bonkers. And I think that's one thing that they have going in their favor this year is even if they come back to earth a little bit, right? You, the level of competition is going to be coming down. So I think that really gives them an opportunity to kind of maintain position in the standings and hopefully avoid the plan. I, I think that's obviously the goal, assuming that the season can continue to progress in some former fashion well, we're because, gonna get into that because yeah because let, let's be honest like if darius garland is in health and safety protocols for two weeks that's going to tank them in a lot of ways like they're they're probably going to fall down the uh the standings and uh there, there's a whole lot of unknowns but i, I think the thing that's great for Cavs fans is you have a starting lineup with an average age under 22 like that's it's not necessarily about this season in a lot of ways it's kind of a found money year for the Cavs and it's just about establishing that proof of concept so uh the more wins that you can bank the the more it kind of prevents you from falling down in the standings uh but I, I think they've already done enough uh through the first kind of third of the season here to kind of show that hey this isn't the same Cavs teams as years past I like that you said that because it, it kind of the found money thing because kind of reminds me of Atlanta last year that was a yeah. bit of found money. They were a little early. I know that they signed a bunch of vets to kind of start, you know, winning, but they, they think they won a little quicker than they thought in Cleveland. And I think that happens. And, and it was still people. driven by their young players too. Like, yeah. I, I think everyone's like, oh, they sound, signed Gallo and Bogey. And both of those guys missed a ton of time, right? Like it. But they weren't winning when those guys were by, missing. And I think I it think, was actually more about a full season of Clint Capella, which there's a parallel there with the Cavs having good. a full year of Jared Allen, right? What do you know? Having a big dude who can roll to the basket and protect the rim, it helps you win basketball games. It's kind of useful. It's crazy. Dustin, it's insane. (laughs) What's that like? The Heat are missing theirs, and they lose basketball games. What a concept for everybody. I mean, imagine if Bam's playing, you know, last night. You know, it's a totally different game, you know. know, And and not that Saints of Cleveland's not good, but, you know, maybe Jared Allen doesn't. You know, they have an answer for for Jared Allen, which is a funny thing to say. But, I mean, yeah. that dude's playing at an all-star level. And, you know, you, you didn't have your all-NBA caliber guy out there to to kind of help protect the pain and 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 kind of bother him on offense, too. I mean, Bam's a, a great offensive player. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And, like, if the Cavs do stay up in the standings, like, I expect there to be some growing pains, right? Like, teams are going to make adjustments in the playoffs. You saw Miami make an adjustment going into this game, playing that ball denial defense. Like, that's part of the learning curve for these teams as I uh, elbow my bobblehead down. Uh, but like, head like that's, that's part of the process, right? Like I, I and I, I see in the chat, someone compared it to the Knicks last year. I, I think the difference is you got a young team that there's, it's pretty easy to project internal growth from this group, right? Like it's not a 27 year old uh, Julius Randle, all of a sudden having a random good shooting year. And, and your only real prospect that matters is RJ Barrett. The, the Cavs have six guys under 24 or under right like it's a it's a really interesting time it's it's an exciting time for the Cavs especially as a team that does own all their future picks and a lot of kind of assets in in the war chest to potentially make a move so uh I I know from our perspective we just kind of keep shifting the the expectations for this year because uh the level of consistency they've shown is not something you would attribute to a team this young 
So, you know, and, and I like to have guys like Justin on because I feel like we as fans need to learn. You know, I think a lot of times Heat fans, you know, there's a lot of games. We only get to watch our own team. So I think it's good to learn about the other teams, especially an up-and-coming team like Cleveland that's not going to go away. They're young. They're going to – they're more akin to Atlanta than New York. New York had a bunch of guys that you're just like, there's no way that these dudes get better. And Atlanta and Cleveland have a bunch of young dudes that are going to get better. So, Justin – I know you, you tweeted a bunch about like how impressed you were with Spo last night. Like what, yeah. what stood out to you the most? Like the thing I like about regular season Spo is he'll try like 50 different like defensive schemes in like one quarter. And I'm just like, man, I just feel bad for the other team. Like they gotta, they gotta prepare so much. Yeah. And I think the other thing is just the level of buy-in he gets in. Right. And and that's why you bring in veterans like Kyle Lowry and uh, your, your name Kyle Lowry lifer is upsetting me. Um, You know, that's, but you know, I am, I, I you know, know I am. Are. I I know you are. But what a player to embrace! What what a flopping! I know, dude. Isn't it great? <laughs> just impact stats. You know, he's he's going to seventeen and seven you to death. Uh, what a guy to embrace, man! <laughs> I love this tweet. The day it happened, you tweeted out. Still not get. I, I tweet out when people talk about how good Kyle Lowry is. You quote tweet with still not still still getting used to familiar faces with new teams, but no, but no change is more striking than at Genovis one hundred three becoming a heap. <laughs> we, we had we had fun with that one. Um, I, listen, I still love my Raptors. Fred Van Vliet, All Star campaign. Let's go, baby. Yeah, but what really stood out to me was just kind of like I said, the the ball denial defense, right? Like it was an understanding, like they had watch the scouting report they they watch the film all that sort of thing and they were forcing cleveland to play at a different level of intensity we you can't just kind of wait for the ball to come to you you have to go to that pass because someone's going to break it up they're going to break up all your actions and uh jetty osman had a really rough first shift uh he's been a really good contributor for so the cast this season but he had a rough shift and wasn't really bringing the intensity that was required so uh jb bickerstaff went to lamar stevens who isn't the most talented player but he's someone that consistently plays hard and, and kind of fills in the gaps and was ready to kind of match that level of intensity uh, i compared it on today's chase down to kind of a little bit of 2015 Cavs warriors in, in the sense that like every single screen you're seeing darius garland get bumped a little bit you know like let's let's disrupt these guys they're let's, physical let, let's let's be physical not dirty but you know like let's yeah. make them know we're here like make Tough. them wear them down make them uh like earn every single thing that they did and i thought that that was a really great test for a team like cleveland like i i, I really think when you play a team like miami um which, which is one of the few teams that does make regular season adjustments like most guys most teams just kind of have their base stuff that they run throughout the regular season and in playoffs you'll see adjustments <clears throat> A team like Miami, they're so well coached and they trust their guys to make those adjustments, right? Like, I think that's part of why you don't see adjustments throughout the regular season is if you're always changing up your scheme, are the players going to be able to execute it? With Miami and Spolstra, you know that they're going to be able to execute that on a nightly basis. And Justin, they're trusting, like, we've been making the joke on our postgame show. It's like a lot of Kyle Lowry and G-leaguers, you know what I mean? Or Kyle <laughs> Lowry and undrafted dudes. Like, Caleb Martin's on a two-way contract. Like, Gabe Vincent is a G-league player. Like, Max Struess is a G-league player. KZ Akpala, G-league player, you know, or Yurt7, undraft. Like, a bunch of undraft, Tyler, uh, Duncan Robinson, undraft, right? Like, I'm obviously, he's really talented, but it's like... I, I like you trying to sandwich Tyler Hero into that. I know, because I... I, I just, <laughs> He's <laughs> just like a small white dude, so I just attribute it guy that shoots. Draft. It's either Tyler or Duncan. I got a 50 50 shot saying, here. Yeah, you know, they never can play well at the same time. So Duncan's been Duncan was fixed before last night, and uh, T Tyler was broken. And then, mm -hmm. you know, w when Tyler's good, Duncan's bad. It's, it's a curse. The only time they've been good together 
is uh during the finals, the the run to the finals. Right. Yeah. And... Chat says they fuck with you, so they like you. That's good. Cool. <laughs> I like to hear it. Yeah, we all love yeah, Justin here. Like you know, it's it's hard for me to figure out because obviously, like you know, Cleveland isn't going to be a destination, right? Like, a, there's not going to be a free agent that's going to go running there. Uh, I think you do become a little more appealing when you have fun young players to play with, right? Like you, you've seen that work for certain markets. But uh, the interesting for, thing for them, I think, right now is kind of just continuing to treat this as a development season. Like, I think your core is Garland, Mobley, and Allen. I, I think those two bigs together complement really? each other really well. And it, it's the type of pairing that if they reach their potential and if you put the right supplemental talent around them, teams kind of have to adjust their roster construction and how they approach things if you have an actualized version of Mobley and Allen, right? Like uh, uh, Miami is certainly no stranger to this, right? Like they force teams to adjust how they play because they played a unique style. Uh, so I, I think Cleveland zigging while other teams are zagging. Well, some of that is conscious. Some of it's just getting the most talent on the floor. Uh, like I, I would point to with Laurie Markkinen. I don't think that's like a conscious decision of, oh, we're going to play three seven footers. It's just, hey, we're trying to optimize all 48 minutes. Well, they tried that when they were bad. They tried that last year, the year before, where they had the bunch of like it was like Drummond and then the other two big guys. Let that was Nash a little three. different. That was, that was a little Nance. different because there were stretches and like this was painful. So like Cleveland got off to a good start last year. And then as the schedule got tough, they got decimated by injuries. They had games where they were missing all three point guards. So first, second, third string, as well as Colin Sexton. Uh, Damian Dotson was their only guard. So JB Bickerstaff's like, well, all I have is big men. So I, I'm going to play Larry Nance at the three JaVale McGee at power forward, Andre Drummond, like, and then Nance got hurt and, and it just kind of spiraled from there. But yeah, I, I do think there's at least been a willingness from JB Bickerstaff to get creative. And I think there was an understanding that we don't really have a small forward that we trust, uh, but we need spacing. So we're going to trust Laurie Markinen to at least be long on the perimeter, right? Like he's not going to stick with uh, the, the best small forwards in the league, but he at least moves his feet. He gets in the passing lanes. He's long at, at seven feet. And if a guy blows by him, if he beats Laurie off the dribble, we trust Evan Mobley and Jared Allen to have the versatility to kind of recover, switch. Uh, Laurie's going to switch on, on the perimeter, and we're able to contain that action. So uh, I think it's uh, uh, kind of a feather in, in JB's cap that he's willing to be unconventional. He's willing to be scrutinized uh, on the front end for something that he thinks could work. It's a very good because like Kyle played a lot on and, and we I talked about this in the pregame because I mean they like having Kyle guard up. I think Miami got away with that a ton when they when they shouldn't have. And I, I know that you know we were kind of DMing back and forth about when you know Laurie got the better of Kyle, then <laughs> Kyle put my man on skates. You saw that video that was trending uh last night about the dude Yabba Dabba Do falling, you know, on <laughs> yeah. the ice. That was that was Laurie marketing. My man sent him into a twister game. Um but like that's like I love that like, about basketball because like you know th these teams play really weird and like okay well now this is a really big guy we gotta have our point guard guard him because you know Jimmy and Bam aren't here and you know Glor yeah. knows I don't want Duncan doing it you know what I mean so it makes and Gabe is God so small uh I mean man I feel like Spo just wants Gabe to get his steps in when he does the 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 full the full court press I'm like that's not fair man mm -hmm. poor Gabe yeah. but no I mean they they you know Miami does a lot defensively and I thought. You know, I know Cleveland's offense isn't the best. I know that their offense really suffers when Garland's not on the floor. Yeah. And I thought in that second half, they really took advantage of that. And and really, that game went away in the second quarter, which 
kind of brings me to how the fuck did Houston fuck that up so much? I mean, how, <laughs> Justin, how the hell did the Cavs get Jared out? What was it like a second round pick they got him for? No, so so what it was was they had the Bucks first round pick. Uh, they they actually a, got, almost a second round pick. It was like yeah. a bad first. It was like a right. really late first. Yeah. So they got that first round pick for George Hill, almost uh, the equivalent of a Detroit second. Yeah, they 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 got that pick for George Hill. Uh, I think they also got Delhi back and John Henson. Uh, they they flip obviously Henson for Drummond. That didn't work out. Um, but then they also got into that Drew Holiday trade and got that first round pick unprotected. And I think there was some value. How did they get into that? What did they do? Basically, they needed to have kind of the freedom to trade a lot of those picks. So the protected Milwaukee pick that they got for George Hill, they had to unprotect it to free up those other first to send it to New Orleans for Drew Holiday. Um, So what the Cavs ended up doing was flipping that first round pick and taking on the salary of Torian Prince to get Jared Allen because Tillman Fertitta is a broke boy billionaire and wasn't willing to pay Jared Allen. He's a fake billionaire. Uh, Do you know that he had to buy the team with credit that he borrowed from the people that sold him the team? (laughs) How broke ass are you, dude? (laughs) But he didn't want Karis LeVert or Jared Allen in that deal. Uh, They were perfectly content to take like Kelly Olenek and some picks because they're they're following kind of that Sam Presti mentality of if I just always convert talent into picks future picks I can just sell people on upside and the future and never have to develop anything um so luckily they were able to get Jared Allen in that uh and then obviously kind of retain him sign him to that five-year contract uh reported a hundred million dollars like that's looking to be a steal. And then Houston helps us out again because they fall in love with Jalen Green, who I, I'm still very high high on. I'm um, a believer on him. But uh, yeah, even too. back in February of last year, like I, I thought Evan Mobley was on the same tier as Cade. I, I thought he had a great chance to uh, pull up the tweets. I, I, I said that I, I think he has. No, I, I remember. Yeah. yeah I, I, I think if he hit his kind of highest outcome, that he could be like an MVP caliber or at least in that conversation type of guy. And what he's already shown as a rookie, the fact that it's already working so well with Jared Allen, when there would obviously be some questions about pairing those two together, um, I think is a really, really encouraging sign. Strike gold, man. It's absolutely, absolutely striking gold. Um... Miami Heat basketball is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Miami Heat tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you ever need as your go-to for all NBA tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices in all their NBA tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Which, I mean, at this point, if you haven't bought your tickets to see the rematch of the Jokic Brothers live at home at the FTX Arena, time is running out. Just visit TickPick.com slash today to save $10 on your first order of Miami Heat tickets. Once again, that's TickPick.com slash to save $10 today on your first order of Miami Heat tickets. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Some people in chat are asking, you know, kind of looking ahead to the Sixers tomorrow. I mean, Justin, the, the, the strategy has always been with Spo teams is when there's a big dude, and by the way, Embiid is questionable with some sort of rib thing, a rib, hmm. they're like very like non-specific about it. They like to front bigs, right? Like like post-up bigs, right? I mean, Jared is, is hard because he likes to catch the ball a little bit farther out kind of face up, not so much like Embiid wants that low yeah. post. So, you know, front the post and send help and make the pass hard. And and for Embiid, who's frankly a fucking turnover machine, um, they've really embarrassed Philly in a lot of regular season matchups because they just have a guy on them. They they front. And then if they get to catch, they send a lot of help. They force a double. He gets stuck and he has to throw a bad pass. And typically Ben really fucks that up because he's under the dunker spot. He doesn't have that angle. So then people yeah. can kind of cheat off. So, I think the big thing is with their spacing a little better, their offense is a little better. You know, how does that look? But I mean, I, that Philly does nothing that scares me. I know Embiid's really good. They have, and I know, and I know that their defense is good, but they just have so many more weak points now. They have a lot of more huntable guys. I think Miami does a good job of isolating actions with handoffs because when you when you run a handoff and a guy's not in a play, especially when you're running with Duncan, if you get a guy and drop the other four guys on the court don't matter unless you send the help. So, right. you know, you can really isolate actions and bad defenders. And I suppose really good at that. So I look at Philly as a team that's like, yeah, they're good. They have an MVP candidate guy, but they also have a ton of holes. And I think Spo has historically kind of exposed them. Yeah. It's, and I think it's easier for him to do that too, without Ben Simmons in the lineup. Like say, say what you want about the ways that you're able to expose and manipulate him in a playoff series. He is absolutely an 82 game player, right? Like he, yeah. he's someone that is one of the better on ball defenders in the league. And when you don't have that at the point of attack, I, I think it makes your entire defense more susceptible to the type of stuff that Spolster is going to do. So, I mean, if Embiid is out, I, I would expect Miami to, to get the win. Like I, I'd give them a nod to them. I, I think, even missing two top guys, I, I think that this is a, a potent team. It's a they team look legit, like serviceable. Like yeah. if this was like full, like eighty-two games, like with this roster, I'd be like, I mean, five hundred's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, you you guys gave Milwaukee their first loss with Giannis, with Middleton, and Drew in the lineup. Like that's 
nothing to sneeze at, right? Like, and so much of the regular season basketball comes down to how prepared are you? How much effort are you going to give? And Miami's going to try hard you to death. Like they, they're going to find ways <laughs> like, like as much as those teams are annoying and, and like Kyle Lowry's the damn epitome of that shit. Like it's, it, he's going to try hard. The living try hell out hard of motherfucker on earth. Oh man, did I get a good laugh out of Austin Carr when uh, Lowry went driving to the basket and he kicked the leg out so that he would trip? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 100% was like trying to draw that foul, the, the stuff that they're trying to take out of the league, and you just hit the floor as hard as you can. Austin Carr just goes, Lowry hits the floor a lot, and that floor doesn't give. <laughs> like, you know what? Like, it's it's not the most complex analysis in the world, but yeah, that is it's 100%. Spot on. Right. And, and that's. I mean, that's part of why you trade for Kyle Lowry, right? Like, I, I didn't, I obviously you kind of have a, a weird situation where you do have younger talent in uh, Tyler Hero and Bam. Uh, that's the future. And then you've got veterans like Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler and trying to manage those two timelines and whatnot. You, you, you try to figure out what the championship window is from there. But the advantage of bringing in a veteran like Kyle Lowry is he's such a floor raiser. Like, he's going to make everyone around him better. As you mentioned, like, He's going to make G League type players look like rotation players, Caleb and Martin. that is super valuable. Gabe Vincent, and shout out to those guys who've, who've improved a ton. Max Struess, and shout out to Plan Poppy who subscribed to Tier One. What's up, man? How you doing? Thank you so much for that. Uh, yeah, I mean the the and Kyle hasn't shot the ball well. Yeah, Justin, he, he's he's really struggled this year. I think he's a. He's oh, at, I, I'm I'm aware. I drafted him. I, I made the mistake of drafting him on my dynasty basketball team in, in uh, Sleeper, and I was like, you know, I what? have him like, too, though. I have him too. I was like, you know what? I, I feel good enough about my chances here. I think Evan Mobley is going to be there. I had another pick. I, I had done some finessing a little before, and I had another pick like five spots later. And Josh Eberle just snuck in and took Evan Mobley oh, from me. Oh man, your and Canadian I, brethren. I traded for him though. I, I managed to get him back, but you know what? Like I, the that Lowry over Mobley haunted me forever. I, I just didn't think it was going to be fantasy relevant this season. And like that's the that's the funny thing with the Cavs. Like I was an optimist, and I was saying, you know what? I think this team can win thirty six games. I think that this team was better than their record last year, and I I think they can win thirty six games. And a lot of Cavs Twitter is just like, you know what? Like you're out of your mind. You're a shill. You, uh, you think Evan Mobley's Homer taking Jalen Suggs? Blah blah, Homer. blah blah blah. Yeah, exactly. Homer, right? And I was too low on them. I I feel like I can't even victory lap on this season because they are so far ahead of what my expectations. That were was for me this with year. the finals team, Justin. The Heat made the finals in the whole year. I'm like, Jay Crowder's not a good shooter. I go, this defense stinks. And they were switching. They traded for Iguodala and Crowder, and they would switch. And I remember there was one game where the the Mavs came into Miami. And they were switching Crowder onto Luca, and Luca was making Crowder look like. <laughs> a, like an LA fitness basketball player. And I was like, they can't defend. Uh, I mean, obviously I'm aware Lucas, of uh boss man 99 looking like that boss man. 99. I, I am experienced in watching boss man 99 as well. And I'm like, that dude's not that good. He's like overrated. And he shot the lights out until he ran out of gas in the, in, he, all the way to the Eastern conference finals. Then he ran. I find my, the, the prophecy came through, but, you know, and then guys like Iguodala, I'm like, they're not going to give you any. And I was wrong. And they made the finals. So, I, listen, I've been there. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the only thing that I could kind of lean on is they are doing it in the ways that I talked about. And it said, hey, in like 
one or two years, maybe they're further along this path. So at least they stayed on the path that I was outlining. Just Evan Mobley being so far ahead of schedule and like every single swing factor that I had you talked about coming in these into the young year. Guys yeah, from the start. Right? What's that? You've believed in these young guys from the start. Right, right. And I've been a Darius Garland believer for a very long time. He hit. Uh, the Cavs made a gamble. They they traded their best defensive player in Larry Nance Jr. and said, I know a lot of people were thinking, oh, you're trading your best defensive player for Laurie Markkinen. The way I viewed it was Evan Mobley was actually the gamble that he was going to replace Nance. And Laurie was brought in to replace Kevin Love because if he's being asked to play 18, 20 minutes a night, is he going to be bought in? Is he going to be physically right? Like, I, I think everyone assumed it was a Blake Griffin situation. Last year was the first time the Cavs had been competitive to start the year, going 10 and 9 or what, however they started the season. He wasn't part of that because his calf was messed up. His, his, he was not healthy. And then he goes to Team USA, and he's still not healthy enough to contribute. So I thought Laurie Markkinen was brought in to play, you know, 32 minutes off the bench, split it with Mobley, split it with Allen. You're kind of optimizing those guys. But love embracing that role, managing to stay healthy. Uh, Laurie kind of playing at the three, and then Evan Mobley being like, let's just call it what it is. Like he's better than Nance already, which should not be possible. Like I, I, I respect the process here that young guys take time that they need experience. You need reps, but the, the processing speed that he has, the, the, uh, IQ that he has defensively is so far ahead of the curve that like even an optimist like myself, I, I don't think I had any right to expect that from him. Real quick before we before we pivot to more general NBA stuff, uh, what Fig asked, curious what happens when Sexton comes back to the lineup. I, I guess the big question is what happens to, and uh, I guess we're doing Cavs beat right now. But real quick, I, I guess that <laughs> that, that kind of shifts uh, Okaro uh, out of his two spot that he's really comfortable with, and they probably go a little smaller. I, I don't really it's possible. So I, I think Okoro is primarily playing as the two. He just wasn't playing as many minutes with him out. Like, I, I think what it's going to come down to is how well Okoro plays the rest of the season. Like, I, I think, you know, if he really excels at the shooting card position and the lineups work and he kind of blossoms and grows throughout the year, you might see Sexton playing still 28 minutes, but coming off the bench and just staggering that with the second unit. Like, I, I think... Um, I, I think Sexton deserves a lot of credit uh, for what he did to start this year. Like uh, the three point shooting wasn't going down, but he was playing primarily off ball. Like he was never stopping the ball. He, he was uh, he had grown as a cutter. He was playing good defense. Um, I, I know there's defensive concerns about Garland and Sexton together, but Garland, Sexton, Mobley and Allen had a hundred defensive rating like that. <laughs> like if you were to make a small backcourt work, that is the the big man pairing that you would want to use, right? Like yeah. we've seen examples of that work like Utah. Utah actually has a smaller backcourt than the Cavs uh, with Sexton playing, and they only have one giant freak out there, and he's not able to defend in space. I, mean, I was going to say, why are we calling Rudy a freak? Let's, let's... Yeah, the, the, the Cavs have two seven-footers that can do that. But ultimately, like, I'd I, straight up rather have Jared Allen than, than Rudy at this point. I is that a hot take? Rather have him for twenty mil over Rudy for forty. Is that a hot take? Like just like salary? I guess yeah, the salary matters. But I just like I, I, what Jared's doing on, on. I just I trust it more. I don't know. I've I've just seen the Rudy thing not work. He's twenty three years old. It's absurd. But like I, he's I, only twenty three. He's twenty three. That's crazy. Garland's twenty one. Mobley's twenty. Okoro's twenty. Jared Allen's twenty three. So I'm so happy for you, man. You deserve this. Like it's awesome, man. You deserve like, it, man. 
and and there might be an adaptation for Sexton uh, to a new role, but he's done that so many times. He came in not being able to shoot threes. He added that to his game. He learned how to play off ball. He he like uh, got his assists up to four and a half uh, last year. He, he stopped being a, a ball stopper in a lot of ways. He's improved defensively. Like that's a dude that only cares about winning. Like I, I understand why Miami uh, was linked to him in the offseason because that is a guy that epitomizes that kind of culture, right? Like the, the, the heat uh, culture, the hard Sexton. worker um someone that breaks into the gym uh when he was in college because they would lock the door uh because they were worried that he was overworking himself and he'd find a way to break into the gym like that's who he is he, he's someone that gets along well with these young guys right like that's the sneaky thing about what the Cavs built all these young players have a connection to kobe altman through team usa all of these guys played together and are friends together off the court so that's why you have such chemistry here uh when when you do that when when you get these team usa guys together to start they don't have to team up in south beach to to make something happen <laughs> they can they can do it off of lake erie they can do it off of lake erie um <laughs> so i i know that sexton was linked with the heat a little bit in the yeah. off season you know obviously i was super interested in that i'm a big call-in guy um you know do you think I, mean, I think he'll probably be way out of Miami's price range unless they do a, a really dramatic roster shakeup and, and kind of trade some of their bigger salary pieces so I don't see that happening but do you see Cleveland keeping him I guess I guess a lot of that depends right yeah I I, I would expect him to be back next year uh, I would expect maybe a similar contract was being offered this past offseason at least I'd hope so what is this injury by the way I, I'm not uh, meniscus Oh uh, yeah, but he, he went the repair though. route, so um, okay. it ruled him out for the rest of the year. Here, uh, obviously, like this team is going to be geared around Darius Garland being the engine. Uh, that that was already the case. Um, we we saw signs of it last season, which was part of the reason why I was so optimistic last year. Uh, Fifteen games in April, Garland was averaging twenty one and seven, and Sexton was averaging like twenty six points per game at that point. Like they work really well together, and when one does well, the other one does well. You just might have to see some changes to how that looks. And, and I would expect him to kind of make those adjustments to his game, whether it's coming off the bench or, you know, being that first sub. Like, that's the thing. When he would start, he would still come off uh, the court after four minutes because we're going to stagger Garland and Sexton and, and try to maintain consistent offense, something they haven't been able to do since he went down. So I, I have a I have a fun pivot for us right now. Um Bobby Marks has tweeted out, we might be entering the phase where NBA, the NBA should incorporate the strict protocols from last season, even if the player is vaccinated. And you and I were talking a little mm -hmm. bit before the show about kind of, man, like we're, you know, Omnicron, bro. It's like, I, I just got boosted. I'm not sure, <laughs> you know, I thought I was going to be able to go back to yoga and, you know, go go back to my life. And now, you know, we're not so sure. And now we have a, you know, an out, like a legit outbreak. I mean, the Bulls had a fucking outbreak. Um, I, I don't more, know. More players have tested positive this year than last year. Like, I, I think. Oh, no already? Yeah. This season or this calendar year? This, this season. No way. I, I, at least I, I heard that. I, I heard Wendy say it. So uh, that can't be the Wizards. The Wizards Wendy by themselves. I, I, you know what? I, I used to be a blogger and an aggregator, so this wouldn't be my first instance of bad aggregation. But uh, I think that's what it was. If that was true, that would stun me. I mean, maybe because the, 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 I guess guys have been out for shorter periods of time. Right. And, and yeah, and I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think last season you'd be in health and safety protocols, not even it, even if you didn't test, but if you were in contact with somebody who tested positive, yeah, I believe so that that kind of makes it, it tougher to, to see. But so we have the bulls full blown outbreak. They already postponed their first game of the season. You know, they played Miami and 
you know, God then after Zach Levine tested positive the, the day after. So, you know, you got to hope and pray that none of our guys, I mean, you don't want anybody to get that obviously. Right. But so you know, now we're worried over here. Um, you know, James Harden, uh, it was said today that he's out, you know, uh, Giannis yeah. Shams, Shams tweeted that Shams tweeted that Giannis and, uh, Wesley Matthews, Wesley Matthews. The Bucks, so it's LeBron had too. had it earlier. Now THT has it. Um, and, and it's just like all around the league. I mean, you, you open Twitter and then a new player is in held in the safety pro Caleb Martin on the heat has it. That was prior to the Bulls game. Yeah. Um, you know, thank, you know, thank God Jimmy and Bam are away from the team right now. Uh, so like, you know, are we headed to a place where they may have to stop the season? Man, I, I really don't know. Like, this is such a tough situation. And, like, thing is, like, and I'm sure people are sick of podcasters sitting around here pretending to be medical experts and whatnot. And uh, I, I think whenever there's, like, just an obviously bad situation, it becomes a contest to see, like, who can show they care the most, right? Like, I, yes. I, I want them to cancel the next five seasons, right? Um, Those sports like, ever again. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, oh, man, just... You know, pay attention to how much I care. And like this, like it's messing with my mentals, man. Like it sucks. Oh, I we don't want to lose basketball. Like, this is my my escape and whatnot. Um, the shitty thing, like you, you see the data coming out of South Africa on Omicron and whatnot. And yeah, it, it's, it's more contagious. It seems mild. So like that's a positive. But vaccines or double uh double vax means you're only 30 percent prevented from it so it's probably what's spreading through the nba if it's spreading think, like this i think it's safe to assume that it's the dominant variant and on the one hand we probably hope that this is the way it goes right that this virus just becomes less and less uh serious where it's not a healthcare concern that it's going to mess with hospitals and whatnot and we treat it like a, a less uh dangerous disease and maybe if you're vaccinated and it prevents you from the worst symptoms and whatnot like you just don't play if you're sick and if you can pass cardiac tests or whatever like you can play but like i don't think we're near there i don't think there's enough data points on that i don't know what the right answer is i'm glad i'm not making these decisions i would expect the nba because they didn't postpone the season last year to do what they did last year which is if not enough players can play then we postpone that game if enough players can play, we're going to try to work through this the best we can. Like, I, I don't think it's anything nefarious. Like, I, I think, like, these are just not easy situations. And anyone answer, a, acting like it, there's an easy answer to this is just kind of full of shit. It's, it's really tough because I think, I think fans are under the assumption that it's, oh, poor players, the league doesn't protect them. And while that's true, mm -hmm. I, I think the players equally don't give a shit right well, we the, to start the season last year we had uh larry nance jr on the podcast to, to help us with our season preview and we asked him we're like okay like you're someone that deals with Crohn's disease and like you might be more susceptible to this virus and at the time they weren't vaccinated like were you on the fence about maybe sitting out and whatnot and he's like you know like if the season's not happening we're in the gym we're we're we're, we're at the y we're playing like i understand the risks uh, i but we're going to try to be as normal as possible like anyone else right so i don't think um that one example means that every player feels this way i, I think uh there's a danger in uh just kind of uh lumping a, a group of people in together there's I, I mean even amongst my own friend group there there's no consensus on any one topic but uh, i i think in general like we're all sick of this man like i hate this and i, so I want normal so damn badly 
And I, I think like that feeling kind of manifests in different ways. Some people get outraged and they just want to shut everything down until this is normal. Other people want to move on with their lives. And I, I think either reaction is normal and understandable, but like, I just fucking, I'm sick of this, man. I, I hate it. I hate um, it. I, I want normal. I'm so done. I'm so done with having to cater my life, including my sports watching habits around this you know what i mean and, yeah and, and I'm, I'm boosted right like i've i'm double i'm double moderna vaxxed i got the moderna booster right and i, I my, my best friend's a biochemist and she's done all sorts of conferences and stuff like that and she has worked with with virology before and, and she's an expert and she's like yeah yeah, no, get the moderna get the. so like I, i'm doing everything i can to, to do great and I, I saw that pfizer had a report that they were 70 percent effective against uh, Omicron and I think even more against Delta, which is just, you know, obviously that's great. Right. And, you know, we're doing all, I'm doing all the right things and, and you're still like paralyzed. And I know that a lot of players do. And, you know, and, and I, and I think it's also probably, and I'd like to talk to a player about this. It's probably tough to get boosted in, in the middle of the season. Cause like, you know, some people have like side effects for like two, three days. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. and I know that like, you know, our, our one of our co-hosts here got, got boosted and they felt like total dog shit and they you know they were like fucking sore and they were in pain and shit like that for for two three days right and can't play basketball yeah. like that so like what you're gonna you're not gonna play right and you want to you want to be there for your team so i, I think it's i think it's and, really and you can't get until six months after right like yeah. you can't get until six months and after for the dudes that waited like that's that's what i'm waiting season. i i know yeah. there's probably players that got their second one and got ready for the start of the season but you're not going to be eligible for that boost and until much later and and we don't know like the uh, way these things work is the virus wants to stay alive right so if it has to mutate into a less dangerous one that's more transmissible that avoids the vaccine that's what it's going to do to stay alive so this sucks i hate it I, I don't want this to be part of the sports conversation i i try to avoid it as much as possible not because i'm i'm like trying to hide what's going on and whatnot it's because like this is my escapism man like that that's what sports is like i, I try, try to keep everything in a fun lens and it's hard to do when you just have such an unknown that's fucking with life as we know it it's yeah I, i'm i mean i think we're all done with it and and i think it, it got exhausting earlier in the season when everyone was asking players about their vaccination status which felt weird right it just it felt yeah, weird it's definitely like felt weird. I, I understand why people did it right but it, it did it just did feel weird right mm -hmm. you know and it was it was actually nice that the, i mean the heat media didn't really do that you know i'm sure that that came i'm sure that there was an email but you know tyler kind of volunteered i oh, know we're all back right so it's like okay, that that takes care of that, and everybody everybody kind of moved on, and you know, okay, we're good. And you know, yeah. other than Caleb, you know, they haven't had any 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 issues. And I oh well, also, Justin, I've been shocked. Miami Dade County is over ninety percent vaccinated. Hey, how about that? I, I, you know, our weird ass fucking city. I mean, we're disgusting. People do cocaine in bathrooms. <laughs> I've seen it. I've been to Blackbird and Brickle, and I've seen people. Do, uh, everybody's gross here. What and, age are you guys able to start that? The cocaine. No, yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, what, what age are you guys vaccinated? Uh, well, I I don't I don't know about kids. I don't have any kids, so I, I think oh, okay. I think they're starting. I mean, I know New York is doing it. I'm pretty sure that we are too. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Okay, yeah. My my they, friends' kids are too small to like care about that yet. You know, they're not in school yet. All my friends, they have like that's that's fair. Yeah, I, I know it was a big thing for us because we got up to like ninety percent in, in the city, and then uh, it, we expanded eligibility to people that are in like grade five and up. So that uh, that dropped the number down uh, of eligible people. But yeah, post I mean, up. it's crazy, man. Like they, these are tough decisions. Post up Gaga says age twelve. So yeah. So I mean, and and we were down. Uh, Justin Miami Dade was. 
less than one percent infection by around in somewhere in in the middle of November. So I mean, yeah. as far as we were concerned, it was like, oh, fu- I went to a bas- I went to the Nuggets game. I went to Heat Nuggets. I met yeah. the homie Ryan Cortez, Eric <laughs> Heat. Um, that was you know, what, not- was that when uh, the Cavs ruined his birthday? No, that was when uh, that was when the Nuggets ruined uh, his day. You know, we've they've lost every game that Cortez has been to by like double digits. He went to the Celtic game where they got their ass kicked. He went to that Nuggets game that they got their ass kicked. Because I blamed I blamed the Celtic game on Nikaias. Nikaias Duncan flew into Miami, <laughs> and they got their ass kicked. And I said, let this this man can never come back to a game. I, I'm I'm much more willing to blame Nikaias than I am Ryan Cortez. No, but I, then Nikaias went I, to the I, Bucks I, like game. Every other team that Miami plays is a coward, and I'm scared of Parakeet. I love. What Parakeet. can I say? Yeah, I love him. Uh, Nikaias <laughs> then Nikaias came to the Bucks game and they kicked the Bucks ass, and I was like. Well, I mean, this has to fall on Ryan at this point. You know what I mean? We're, we're out of options. I love Ryan. He, Ryan. Dude, that guy's the best. That's like one of the best dudes out there. And just You don't know what that guy does for people privately behind the scenes. Legitimately just a, an exceptional human being. But, love you know, I, I love no... to hear whenever someone's a good dude in, in private because you never know from online. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, the, what, what he's done for people that I know are, is just like it's I'm not. It's probably why he's been successful in life, right? Like that, that doesn't usually happen by accident. It doesn't. And and when you're when you're good to other people, that that stuff tends to come back to you. So I doubt we're gonna do a bubble. I I wonder if yeah. they'll stop for. I mean, Justin. I guess what what becomes kind of jeopardizing for, from the league perspective is like now you're jeopardizing your Christmas games. Yeah. You know those are coming up, and and you know what are you gonna do? Postpone. I mean that's that's just. I mean just from a PR perspective, that's such a shit look. You know what I mean? Like already, yeah, the- and the funny thing is, like, from what I've like heard on podcasts and stuff, because I, I listen to an embarrassing amount of podcasts in, in a day as I go through my work day. Um, like, way I understand it was after Thanksgiving, um, they did mandatory testing, like daily testing of teams to to kind of catch something before it started, and then. Like outside of that, they were only testing someone if they were symptomatic or if they asked for a test, right? But once you start having these outbreaks within teams, you're testing everyone that's asymptomatic, right? Like so all of a sudden, like the the spiral that might have gone kind of uncaught is being caught now because of that situation. Whereas before we probably had, you know, like if Omnicron was out here <laughs> in the court <laughs> running uh, all 94 feet here, uh, it might have gone under the radar. But uh, now that the, the, there's more testing and whatnot, you're, you're catching these things, which on the one hand is good, right? Like you, there's still not great information out there. We, we still the, the sample size is too small and whatnot. Um, but at the same time, like it's at least the early signs of it be more mild and you're, you be mostly protected when you're vaccinated uh, makes me feel a little different about this because at least, you know, with, with the league and all the players, almost everybody is vaccinated. You're they're likely going to be prevented from the worst case scenario, which I mean, athletes being young and in good health probably would have helped to begin with, but you have that extra Not Embiid, protection, Embiid, right? And B talked about like, I didn't think I was going to make it. I was like, damn, like that. Like those quotes were fucking crazy. Jimmy, I know, went through the ringer. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's, oh man, I've, I've, I have friends that were just absolutely decimated by it. Like, and I know, uh, you guys probably aren't as aware in Miami, but like NHL teams got hammered. Oh, I, I, I actually, I, I've been seeing that, that developing. Yeah. Like a Vancouver Canucks last year. Like, yeah. I think a lot of them ended up even in the hospital or requiring like additional really? treatment. Like it's, and like, these are world-class athletes in their twenties, right? Like it's I mean, scary. Like for me, I'm 
I'm in decent enough shape. My, my, my cardio is pretty shit right now, but you know, like I've had to deal with asthma at times. Like I, it's the, uh, the unknown, right? It's scary, dude. Uh, Cartuliana in chat says, uh, just deploy the heat COVID dogs. Do you, do you remember that story from last season? I think I do. Uh, where, where they had that at the gates. Yeah, had, Pat Riley's like, I got this, guys. Guys, I fucking got this. COVID sniffing the culture. They can sniff the culture, baby. Know what they should have just done? They should have just limited it to one gate where everyone has to go in through the one gate. And Pat Riley is just sitting there with a table and slams his ring on it as each person passes. Just so that person knows COVID can't pass. And you can't pass the culture. He's just dropping his rings on the table in front of everybody. That can't enters. fuck with Riley. Did, did you see that story uh, from today with, with Riley and PJ Tucker? No, I didn't. Oh, it was it was so funny. So Riley that, was that's a match made in heaven from a personality standpoint. PJ was born to play here, Justin. You don't understand. <laughs> I don't I can't remember a dude that just oozed more culture, right? Like he's even more culture than Shane Batty, and Shane Batty was pretty fucking culture. Yeah. I, I mean it's it's just so great to see you guys embrace that culture that uh, obviously migrated from uh, Cleveland to Miami when Dwayne Wade after spending so many yeah. decades, like a decade and a half in Cleveland, came to Miami and taught you guys how to win again. I'm really glad that nice Dean Wade is carrying the Cavs life or Dwayne Wade. Not, not, not coincidence that you have a D Wade on the team and you're having your best season since LeBron. So listen, you know, it's who, not. Who's, and you know what? An undrafted Dean Wade. Uh, and then, that's, that's so heat culture, dude. That is so heat culture, baby. And, and Lamar Stevens, another undrafted hard worker. We're 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 sniffing some culture <laughs> up here as well. I love post up Gaga in chat says I have to watch that inside the heat on PJ. I remember when I used to watch inside the heat on players. That I don't know. I, there's a certain point in my fandom that I just stopped. <laughs> do, do do they do that for the Cleveland? They do like an inside. I, I guess the, some of them were Bally Sports. I know Fox Sports used to do them too. Do they yeah. not do, do if, they, if they do, I, I miss it. Like, yeah, it's one I don't the, watch uh, any post game. One of the disadvantages of uh, living outside the market and whatnot. But uh, hey. at the same time, I, I do think sometimes the distance gives me a, a little perspective that's uh, appreciated amongst Cleveland fans. So the, the, the PJ story was, uh, quote, the other day, he, President Pat Riley, pulled beside, oh, that's important that, he, the other day, Riley pulled beside me at a traffic light, and I didn't know it was him. He rolled down the window and goes, I love you, and just drove off. I sat there at the light seven seconds. That just happened the other night. I'm like, all right, Pat. <laughs> that's amazing, dude. <laughs> that is so perfect. That, that is exactly how I would expect that interaction to go down. I'm stunned that Riley drives himself. <laughs> I, thought, I thought he'd have like a chauffeur man uh you know what like it's uh what what can you say pat riley pj tucker match made in heaven match ma absolute match made in heaven justin where can people find you where can people find your work what do you what are you guys doing over there because you guys are doing a lot of fun stuff yeah, absolutely. So I, I we've uh, I've I've toned down a lot of what I'm doing. Uh, I'm not doing the blogging anymore. Just kind of devoted to the podcast. So you can find Chase Down Podcast wherever you get your podcast. You can also find us. Uh, we live stream whenever Carter's available because I can't figure out any of that shit. But uh, <laughs> you can find us live streaming on the Cavs YouTube channel. Um, we we talk the about official the Cleveland Cavs YouTube channel. Absolutely. We, uh, the Cavs brought us in and they've uh, let us do our own thing, which is is really appreciated. They they said that on the front end. Uh, but it, it's really nice that that has actually come to fruition where uh, we, we don't have uh, PR bugging us too much or anything like that. And uh, we managed to maintain doing the same show that we've always were done. Were they familiar Just, with your work? Did they know what they were getting into? They, to a 
staggering degree. They they were aware of they were aware of my movies. They they had seen my films. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you, you can find us there. We talk about uh, the the whole NBA, but uh, through uh, wine and gold lenses. So uh, yeah, wherever you get your podcast, check out the Chase Down. We appreciate Justin. And listen, when 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 we got the news, when it became public on Twitter that Justin was doing stuff with the actual Cleveland basketball team, when when somebody like Justin wins, we all win. I'm so I, this is the first time we speak since since you've had that, I think. And I just man, I want to yeah, congratulate you. What the hell? You. Why why'd you wait so long? Because the Cavs we weren't a, relevant we last a, year or we something. Had a COVID season. I think you were on the pregame show, but I don't think I was on that. Yeah, I think you I know what you're you, right. I, and I, I wasn't was. on. Yeah, because I don't. That's a weird off pregame show. But you know. Dude, I'm fucking so happy for you and Carter. You both deserve it. I mean, when you guys, when people like you succeed, we all succeed. And I've never seen the timeline just universally cheer for someone's success that they all actually like. It's not like a fake. That, that, like was, when- that was so weird. That is so surreal because I, I like, and, and that's something I try to carry for the podcast. Like, I, I don't think I'm the smartest guy in the room or anything like that. Like, I, I admit what I don't know. I, Carter does, though. I, yo, he, he's a piece of shit. Fuck <laughs> Um, but no, like it's, and that's like the thing, right? Like, it's just, let's keep sports fun. Let's keep it escapism. Like, uh, when shit goes bad for the Cavs, let's go into problem solving mode instead of like dwelling on that kind of stuff. So I think it was a natural fit uh, with the team. And, uh, the fact that people were stoked for us, uh, was definitely surreal because I mean, I, I don't, that's not what I'm trying to make a living doing. Like that's, it's a hobby. It's something that I've done in my spare time and whatnot. So for it to be embraced the way it has is, uh, it's been really cool. While Justin may not be doing this for a living, we are. So your subscriptions are very welcome. Yeah. Your YouTube subscriptions are welcome. Your pod, if you have the pod set to auto download, and even if you don't listen to it, I appreciate y'all. Thank you. You don't know that. That helps. Listen, listen those, those checks get my mortgage paid. Uh, we love and appreciate Put those books, guys. Subscribe, huh? unsubscribe, resubscribe. Yeah, yeah, yeah do whatever. Books, get man. rate us on iTunes. Nobody rates us. And you know, Laker fans got really mad at me because I was mean to the Lakers and they gave us a shit ton of bad reviews. So, you know, if you can help us by by rating us on iTunes and Spotify, get that shit up. Get that. I think we're at four point. No, no, know how we game that system? Know uh-huh. how we game that system? We have our, our Discord. We don't let anyone into it unless they send us a, a screenshot of the review. You you gotta support the podcast. It's free. But you got to leave that review because those reviews make such a big difference. You know, what we may do. I, th- I think we're going to I think we'll give away a mechanic shirt to to the you know, we, we've done this before. Like the funniest review gets uh, gets a T-shirt. And, <laughs> and if you haven't seen the mechanic and lab shirt, we can give you one of the, our two newest shirts. If you review on Look at all these live ads, the fu- Look, I'll, I'm a fucking pro, dude. <laughs> if you the funniest review, you screenshot and you tweet us at MIHP. The funniest review gets one of these two free T-shirts just in time for the holidays. We love and appreciate y'all. Thank you, everybody, for joining. And we'll be back tomorrow with the Weird Elf pregame show 30 minutes before tip-off and hangover time right at the buzzer.